Hey, everybody, I thank God for you. I love you. Man, I'm grateful uh, that you're giving this time to invest yourself in God's word and to, to connect with the one true and living God in worship. And if you're with us for the first time, man, we, we are delighted to have you. We don't think it's by accident that anyone is engaged in this moment. And God is so anxious to speak into your life. But let me start uh, with a few questions. Uh, question number one, do you believe in miracles? What do you say? Okay, if you believe in miracles, do you believe that you have actually experienced a miracle at some point in your life? Here's my next question. Is there some place in your life right now that, man, you, you need a miracle from God? Maybe it's in your family or maybe it's for a friend or um, maybe it's in your health or maybe you need like an emotional miracle for your mental well-being. Um, this, this desire for a miracle is a, more like a wish. You wish you had a better marriage. You wish you were a better parent. You wish you had more money. You wish you had less anxiety or is this longing for a miracle of God in your life? Is it like what consumes your whole heart? You're willing to shape your whole life around the pursuit of this miracle from God. Okay, that's a bunch of little questions. Here's my number one big question. What if within the next year you get the miracle you so desperately desire? What if you knew, how would you feel if you were certain that over the course of the next 12 months, this, this miracle that, 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 is, that you are passionate about, that you are in so desperate need of, that you would know that within a year, bam, God is going to make it happen in your life. Um, I, I think it's possible to arrange our lives spiritually, to, to put us in, in a receptive mode to receive a miracle from God. In fact, when Peter had the opportunity, here's how he preached it. Here are his words. Peter preached, you must repent. That's how you get ready for a miracle. You change your mind about God. You change the direction of your life. You repent and turn back to God so that your sins may be removed and so that times of refreshing. This, this is what the, the Greek word means um, it actually could mean breath, the breath of God. God breathes a miracle over your life. It could mean revival. You must repent and turn back to God so that your sins may be removed and so that times of refreshing may stream from the Lord's presence and he will send you Jesus. Now, Peter wasn't speaking in English when he preached this sermon. His is. Words are written in Greek for us, but he was actually speaking Aramaic. That was his native dialect. And if we were to translate those words in Aramaic, here's what they would say. God will send you all that 
has been already prepared for you through Jesus. Now that's all that I want for my life. All that God has prepared for me in Jesus. That's really what I want for you in your life. Beginning in this moment that you would position yourself to be on the receiving end of all that God has prepared for you in Jesus. And to tell you the truth, that's what I long for for Central Christian Church, that our church would receive all that God has already prepared for us in Jesus. You see, I've been praying for a miracle for the last six months. I've been praying that God would send uh, an unprecedented spiritual revival into Central Christian Church, that widespread repentance, that it would start in me, that it would start in you that there would be a widespread turning to God, that, that there would be a widespread experience of times of refreshing, of revival from the Lord. Um, so, having that in mind, and all the questions leading up to this moment, even our big number one question, here's our big number two question. Where in your life do you need to experience spiritual revival, a time of refreshing from the Lord? Now, this is, this is huge to be able to identify honestly and accurately where you need. I mean, is it your marriage that needs a, a spiritual reviving? Is it your relationship with Jesus that needs to be revived spiritually? Because here's the deal. It's spiritual revival in you that brings God's miracle to you. God, God finds you irresistible when you give yourself over to being revived by his spirit in your spirit. So it's when you experience spiritual revival, that's what sets you up for a miracle of God in your life. In fact, the apostle Paul felt this was so important that he actually prayed it for the church in Ephesus. In fact, I pray it every day for our church. Here's the prayer. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Jesus from the dead. We can live, you can live, we can do church in the incomparably great power by which Jesus was raised from the dead. It's possible as we begin to shape our lives around the possibility of spiritual revival where it's needed most. And it starts in our relationship with Jesus. Well, I hope, man, just in these brief moments that I've created a sense of longing within you that, that you would personally receive all that the Lord has prepared for you in Jesus and that you would, you would pray for, you would long for him to revive you, times of refreshing on the inside so that you set yourself up to receive a miracle of God. I want us to look in again on the life of Abraham. We've been looking at this guy and his wife, Sarah, for the last six weeks. And I want us to see 
how he gets set up for a miracle of God. Let's look at the word of God. The Lord appeared to Abram, Abraham. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Now, how is it? I mean, the, the, the text just starts off, bam, God appears to a human being. So, I mean, is God just showing up out of the blue? Does God just have a whim? Is it just a capricious moment and God says, okay, I'm going to show up in this guy's life? No, I believe Abram, Abraham now, was worshiping God. While he sits at the entrance of his tent, I believe that his, his heart is thanking God for his greatness. I believe his, his heart is praising God for his goodness. He is worshiping God, and God finds his worship irresistible. And so in response to Abraham's worship, God shows up. Now, I'm struggling between Abram and Abraham. That's the same guy. Because it's only been three days that his name has actually been Abraham. Hebrew scholars believe that it was just three days earlier from this time in the text when God changed Abram's name to Abraham. But more importantly, when God breathed over Abraham, all his favor, goodness, he just covered Abraham's life. With the grace of God, just three days earlier. Now, you know, the number three is a big deal number in the Bible. Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Three, Jesus died on the cross on Friday. That's day one. That's why we want to make a big deal about our Good Friday service. Day one is a big deal. Jesus died on Friday, day one. Day two, Jesus is dead and buried in a stone-sealed tomb. And Sunday, Easter Sunday, that's day three. Jesus is risen from the dead. And this is day three for Abram. Abraham now, he is a new man, new name, living under the favor of God. Now, here's the wild thing that the Apostle Paul tells us. We can do a day three life. We can do life. We can do marriage. We can do our finances. We can do our emotions. We can do friendships. We can do life day three in the incomparably great power by which Jesus was raised from the dead. Um, now, one of the reasons I believe God shows up to be with, I mean, to take up residence with Abraham in his tent is because the word of God tells us this about worship. You make your home on the praises of your people. You, that's God. Psalmist is talking to God. God, you come and live. You make your home on the praises of your people. And so Abraham is worshiping God. God finds worship irresistible. And so he comes and takes up residence with Abraham. And here's the big deal. Um, my worship, your worship, um, it sets the stage for the miraculous 
in our life. I mean, I am super, super glad you, you engage with me online like this. But worship is meant to be a daily experience of God. It's why you're breathing. It's why blood is popping pumping hot in your veins. When your eyes wake up in the morning, we want to wake up with worship. The last thoughts in our mind when we go to bed at night is worshiping the greatness and the goodness of our God. Because worship, it's our devotion to worship that sets God free to do the miraculous in our lives. Now, I got to show you a connection in the text that you might not see in English. It comes from the force of the grammar of the Hebrew. Let me show you. The Lord appeared to Abraham. Abraham looked up and he saw three men standing nearby. Now what the Hebrew does, it connects these two phrases. The Lord appeared and Abraham saw the three men. Instantly, Abraham knows that these three men are somehow representing God in the flesh. Now, Hebrew scholars believe that two of these persons are archangels, Michael and Gabriel. And Christ followers like you and I, we believe the third and most central figure of the three is the Lord Jesus himself come to earth in human form. And there was no mistaking in Abraham's mind that he worshiped, that God appeared, and he appeared instantaneously in the person of these three men, two angels and the Lord Jesus. And here's what happens. When he saw them, the three men, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them, and he bowed down low to the ground. <laughs> now, I don't know how a 99-year-old man hurries, but Abraham was hurrying. And when he gets there, when he gets into their presence, first thing he does is drop to his knees. Next thing he does is bow his forehead to the ground, puts his face in the dirt as an act of humble surrender, but more an act of intensified worship. Abram worships, God shows up. Abraham then intensifies his worship out of the tent, onto his feet, hurrying into the presence of these three who represents the one and true and living God. And then he falls on his knees, on his face before the Lord Jesus. And, and, he, and he said, well, I, you got to get this. Intensified worship is the key to opening up to a miracle. For, for Abraham, here's what it looked like. It looked like come flying out of the tent. It looked like hurrying to the three. It meant falling on his knees before the three. It meant bowing his forehead into the dirt as he continued to worship God. He intensifies his work. That's what it looked like for Abraham. Now, now for you, it may look like being baptized, sharing with Jesus fully in his death, burial, and resurrection in baptism. That would be an act of worship beyond anything you've ever done before in your life. It's more than singing a song. It's more than saying a prayer. It is actually 
having your spirit unified with the spirit of Jesus. And he, in that moment, he just gives you reasons to intensify your worship more. He, he cleanses you of all guilt and shame. He washes away your sins. He fills you with the Holy Spirit and you just continue to worship him, worship him, worship him. For, for, for others of you, it, it, it may look like your intensified worship may look like returning to public worship at Central Christian, in our Dream Center, or in our chapel. And you'll know because God is calling you. And when you say yes to him, you will take your worship of, of him to another level by being present in public worship. It, it, it may be increasing your generosity and giving to the Lord. That's how you intensify your worship. It could be beginning to serve. I mean, you served before. COVID kind of shut that down. But you say, no matter what, nothing's stopping me from serving the Lord. I'm going to engage in people in his name and serve in the name of Jesus. Or for Deb and I, our intensified worship, it looks like us taking communion together and praying together each evening. You see, three years ago, Deb and I were in desperate need of a miracle. We were, we, we were just at the end of ourselves. And Deb suggested that we begin to take communion every day, sometime during the day, and pray together and call on the name of the Lord. Just intensify our worship to position us to, to receive renewed revival, but also to receive a miracle from God. And, and we did. That's been our life for over three years now. And and I, I, I don't want to say that the painful area of our life was immediately eradicated. But the first big benefit we felt as we shared the Lord's Supper every evening and prayed, cried out to the Lord, was a renewed sense of peace. And I, I believe that's revival when, when there's no evidence that the pain is going away. But there's this peace in, in, in the face of it. I think now, after three years, Deb and I would both say that God has done the miraculous in our situation. And we just praise him and ask him to continue the good work that he's doing. What does it look like for you to take your worship to the next level, to intensify your worship? Because intensified worship sets you up for more of God. Well, here's what happens in the text. Abraham says, my Lord, if I've found favor in your sight, remember three days earlier, he, he, God breathed his favor goodness on Abraham. And Abraham is saying like, if I've found favor in your sight, don't pass me by. Don't pass by your servant. Stay Let me swim in your love. Let me be covered in your peace. Let me be filled with your joy. I just want you stay, be with me. Do not pass by your servant. Please, let a little water be brought to wash your feet. Rest under this tree. That's where his tent was. Let me get you some food to give you strength. I would be honored to serve you. It's not just that Abram intensifies his worship, he intensifies his willingness to personally serve the Lord. I mean, 
God miraculously serves those who serve him. And I think I find it surprising sometimes that there are people who say, you know, David, I need a miracle in my life. And I'm like, okay, but, but they aren't serving the Lord in any way, but they want him to serve them. It's our service. And so again, there's an intensity, an intensifying of worship, and there's an intensifying of serving the Lord. Find someone to love, find someone to minister to in, in the name of Jesus. See, serving God sets the stage for a miracle from God. I, I don't, I, I just see this as the pathway into the heart of God and his willingness to be good to us as we serve him because he is so great and good. Well, here's what happens. Abraham, he, first he hurried. Now this 99-year-old guy uh, runs. He, Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, uh, get a half bushel of your best, best, best flour and make some bread. And then he ran. He's still running. And then he ran to the herd and selected a choice, the best, a choice, tender calf. It, did you catch my emphasis? He told his wife, get your best flour, make your best bread. And I'm going to go find our best calf for our, uh, the, the best way that we can serve the Lord, our best meal, our best offering, our best act of love. Giving God our best sets the stage for the miraculous. It doesn't come by whim. It doesn't come by chance or caprice. A miracle of God happens in our lives as we intensify our worship, as we intensify our serving, ministering in his name, as we intensify the best of our giving. Well, the best meal is served and it's eaten. And, and, and here's what the Lord says. Meal is over. And the Lord said, I promise I will come back to you next year. Remember my question earlier? What if over the course of the next year, you would receive the miracle you desire with all your heart from the Lord? That's what these guys are getting. The Lord said, I promise I will come back to you next year at this time. And your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Now, Sarah, she happened to be snooping, <laughs> eavesdropping, happened to be listening at the entrance to the tent. And she laughs, and the force of the Hebrew language there is that she laughs to herself. Abraham didn't hear her. But the Lord, he knows the inner thoughts of the human heart and the human mind. She laughs to herself and said to herself, now that I am worn out and my husband is old, will I really know such happiness? Because the Lord is God. He knows what we're thinking. He knows the attitudes of our heart. And so the Lord asked Abraham, hey, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Abraham had to answer that question. I, I have to answer that question. 
You have to answer that question. And how we answer that question, it changes everything. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is any, what, what, what struggle has you begging, has you hoping, has you desirous of a miracle? Uh, I mean, in your marriage or in a friendship or for a friend or in your health or in your emotions or in your finances. You ever quit? When you prayed for months and nothing happens? This is going to unfold for them over the course of a year. What my Deb and I have been praying for has been unfolding over the course of three years. But we believe. I want you to believe. Let's join together and believe nothing is too difficult for God. He made everything as creator God out of nothing so that nothing is too difficult for him. That's a tipping point for positioning yourself to receiving the miraculous. Here's what happened for Abraham and Sarah. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. They didn't have the Bible like we have the Bible. They had this one promise to hold on to. We got thousands of promises in God's word. And God is willing to do exactly what he promises. As we come before him with intensified worship and intensified service and intensified giving and the absolute belief that nothing's too hard for God, exactly what he had promised. And she became pregnant. And she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac, which means laughter. They had great joy at the birth of their son. Did you catch the mention that God acts right on time at the exact time? You see, that's how he gave us Jesus. Scripture says that in the fullness of time, when everything was just exactly right, God sent forth his son to be born miraculously as well. Sarah and Abraham had the miraculous birth of Isaac, and Mary and Joseph had the miraculous birth of Jesus. I want to be straight with you right now, and I want to pray for you. Because I believe the greatest spiritual revival begins to be unleashed in your life. Time of unprecedented refreshing. When you surrender your life fully to Jesus. As your Lord and Savior. Believing that he died for your sins. And God raised him from the dead. I believe our God is a God of miracles. Who responds to our ongoing intensified worship, our ongoing intensified serving, our ongoing intensified giving, believing that our God, nothing's too difficult for him. Would you pray with me? Our Father, um, I'm so grateful for your love. I am, I, I am so blown away by your greatness. You are creator God who made everything out of nothing. Nothing's too difficult for you. And we, we invite you into this moment. In fact, we invite you into our, into our hearts. Holy Spirit, please come and enable us in our passion for intensified worship, intensified serving, intensified giving, Lord. We believe that you nothing's too hard for you and you're willing 
um, to deliver at just the right time the miracles we need in our lives. But you're waiting for us to get the time right. And so right now in this moment, we just completely surrender to you and worship you as a great and awesome God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I love this series on Abraham, and we're going to uh, climax it next week with Ray bringing the teaching, the final chapter, the final episode. Can't wait uh, for Ray's teaching next weekend. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wired podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.